lying desert land I tell myself keep walking on Here's something up ahead It's water falling like a
I've called your name so broken night then you show up and patch me up like you do every time I get amnesia I forget that you keep coming around and there's no way you'll ever let me down good God almighty I hope you'll find me praising your Tell me, is he good? He's good. Tell me, is he God? He's God. He is good God, God Almighty. Almighty. You say your love goes on forever and your mercy never stops. So why would I assume you'll be somebody that you're not? Like the sun in the morning, I know you're going to be there every day. So what on earth could make me be afraid? Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes. Cause I know where I'd be without your mercy. So I'll keep praising your name at the top of my lungs. Now tell me, is he good? stops so why would I assume you'll be somebody that you're not like the sun in the morning I know you're gonna be there every day so what on earth could make me be afraid good God almighty I hope you'll find me praising your name Good. He's good. Tell me, is he God? He's God. 
Jesus in the noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. I just want to say, I laid in a hospital bed, paralyzed, and I can't clap very pretty, but I'm going to praise him because I have breath in my lungs and I'm here this morning. I'm not saying you got to do what I got to do, but if you're thankful, you should be praising him this morning. So sing it with me one more time. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. I hope you'll find me. Heaven is real, death is a lie. I want to hear voices of angels above singing as one. Hallelujah! Holy, holy, God Almighty, He's a great. Thee, God Almighty, He's the great I am. Oh, oh, oh I want to be near, near to your heart, loving the world, but hating the dark. I want to see dry bones living again, singing as one. Oh, hallelujah, holy, holy, God Almighty, He's a great I am, who is worthy, none beside Thee, God Almighty, He's a great I
and shake before thee, the demons run and flee. Oh, at the mention of your name, King of Majesty, there is no power in Search the whole world over No greater friend you'll find 
once in a while He's good all the time Well, he's the one you call In the middle of the night When your body moans with pain Don't worry about that wayward child He's heard you call their name He'll put food in your kitchen When you, you don't, don't have, have a dime, dime. Yes, he's, he's not good, good just now and then He's good all the time I said my God is good Yes, he is He's good all the time Yes, God is good Woo, Don't you know he is He's good all the time You can search the whole world over And no greater friend you'll find Well, he's not good just once in a while He's good all the time I said my God is good Yes, he is He's good all the time God is good, don't you know he is He's good all the time You can search the whole world over And no greater friend you'll find Well, he's not good just once in a while He's good all the time You can search the whole world over And no greater friend you'll find Well, he's not good just once in a while He's good all the time. Amen. Well, Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll. He holds my hand when I begin to tremble. When Sing that again. to stand the storm his word is a promise you can't stand on when the winds of this world are growing strong oh, Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather he's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roar he holds my hand when I begin to tremble this world are growing strong Now Satan is roaming to and fro throughout the land Oh, he's seeking out whom he may defy But he was defeated at old Golgotha That day when Jesus made him out of iron Oh, Jesus is with me when the storm Standing by my side, when I hear the thunder roll. 
wake up until I lay my head. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, my. Should. 
Sometimes in our life, we're going to have those things happen. And I've got three cousins, had three cousins. One of them died this week. We had a funeral down in Williamsburg, Kentucky for Ronnie Pruitt. A lot of you knew him. Some of you knew him. He had been a pastor, been a preacher for a while. And... Uh, but he died and he was just 70 years old, like the week or two of being 71. Also, my cousin Terry had went in for a pretty serious surgery in his neck and they removed it and everything went good. And they removed a blockage in his neck and he got out the next day and far as I know, he's recuperating fine and doing good. Got another cousin and she's about our age my age, and she's got bad news of cancer coming. And I know she's just beginning, and her mother was telling us at the funeral to pray for her. Her name's Barb. She's my Aunt Eileen's daughter. Every one of us have people in our life that are having problems come one after another. Or you may have victories. You may have God answering prayer. And good things, you may have bad news, you may have all kinds of things that are happening. But she sings the song a lot of times, we're not alone. And we're not alone. This is just a passing through place that we live. 
It's the life God gave us. And it's, Ben said it in his prayer. It's where God placed us. God has placed you in life. You may not like it. I, You know what? I accidentally met my wife a little old 50 years ago. Uh, Patty, Destel's older sister, I knew her from church. And Shirley was walking through uh, school with her about 15 years old. And I asked Patty, I said, Patty, who's that girl you're walking with? And that was the beginning of the end. No, it's been the beginning of, of what God had planned. Can I tell you, it's what God had planned. And I thank God for my wife and the time that God has given us together. And, you know, I, I look around and there's a lot of people and I've been a part of funerals, people a lot younger than I, have, I was and they left this life early. I can't change that. I, I'm not in control of things. But I know the God that I serve. I know that King David was, I've said it before, was a man of God's, uh, the only one that's spoken in the Bible as, as a man uh, with a heart for God. Man that was after God's own heart. Yet he died at 70 years old. I'm two years from being 70. I ain't afraid of that. I'm looking forward to getting closer to home because I know that's where we're going. Connie, that's where we're heading. We're heading home. No, no uh, blinders on. We know exactly as we read God's word that he's not only the giver of life, but he's the one that gives you eternal life. He's the one that gives you hope beyond this life. And we had a, a very good week. We had a very trying week. Today, I want to talk to you about something God laid on my heart, and I want you to turn to the 23rd Psalm. I want you to turn to that that scripture that's probably known across the whole world it's been read at many funerals and I want to go through the 23rd Psalm today there's six verses and I want to talk about it it's what God put up on my heart so I would ask you to watch I'd ask you to look at the scriptures and try your best to understand what God is saying with this little young shepherd boy I believe there's something special about King David. There's something special about the way he wrote the 23rd Psalm. Randy, I began to read that, and I thought of him just being a young man. But obviously, he saw God for who he was. He saw the Lord for who he was. And he realized as he shepherded these, the flock that he had, the sheep that he had, that he had a task to do. Well, he realized his heavenly father was doing that same thing. The God above is doing the same thing. Now, I'm going to talk about this real true shepherd. I'm not talking about pastors. I'm not talking about preachers. I'm talking about the true shepherd. Because there's only one that's the real shepherd to every one of us. It's personal. Sometimes I think about those little cartoons on television. They used to play them years ago, and you'd have a bunch of little sheep out there, and you'd have a shepherd walking around, keeping them in line. Some of the sheep would be jumping around like a nut, you know. They're just so happy to be around everybody. Some of them just stand there looking at the ones jumping up and down, acting like, what's your problem, you know? Sometimes that's the same way it is in church. 
Sometimes you look around and you think, I ain't getting it. What are you getting? But the truth is, God knows how to deal with us each one personally. And I also know that when you see those little cartoons, there's always a wolf sitting somewhere looking. The enemy's always watching. That's why the shepherd has to be there. I ain't going to talk about dumb sheep. You know, a lot of times we just look at the animal side of this, but I want you to look at the spiritual side of the 23rd Psalm. And there's something that I want to read before it, and it's just in one verse up in Psalms 95.7. You don't have to turn there. But I want you to hear what David said up there. He said, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture. That means we're the ones he cares for. Listen to me. It's the ones he pastors. It's the one he watches over. And it says, the sheep of his hand. That means he provided, he created the sheep. The creator of the sheep was the Lord. And it said, the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. Now, I'm not going to read the next one because you know what it says. Today, if you hear his voice, let not your heart be troubled. But I only stick with hearing his voice. Because, see, that's what this message is about, hearing his voice. The sheep needs to hear his voice. And David is telling this up in 95. But I want you to look at Isaiah 40. There's two verses. You don't have to turn. I'm just going to be right back to 23rd here, just a second. In the, 20th, in the 40th chapter of Isaiah, there's two verses. It says, Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand. Now, I want you to think about this. Isaiah is writing this way before Jesus comes. Way before the true shepherd comes. Listen to him. He said, Behold, the Lord God will come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Who's the arm? That's Jesus. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed the, his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms. And carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather his lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom. How many knows the shepherd knows how to take care of the sheep? He knows they're good, they're bad, they're weaknesses, their shortcomings. He knows what they're apt to do, which is wander off. He knows they don't pay attention a lot of times. Sounds like us, don't it? I ain't talking about dumb animals. I'm talking about people. Even as Christians, sometimes we just, all of a sudden, got our little eyes set on something else. We bounce around and we wander off. We don't pay attention to the to the shepherd. We know his voice, but we obviously sometimes get so far away, we don't hear his voice. We get away from him, we won't hear him. Let's go back to the 23rd Psalm. I want you to listen to this. The first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. And I'm going to ask you that question. Is the Lord your shepherd today? Is he truly your shepherd? 
Do you know him? Do you know his voice? Can he speak to you? If he wanted to stop you or he wanted to talk to you or he wanted to show you something, do you know his voice? Because there's all kinds of voices going on in your life. All kinds of things drawing you one way or the other. But the shepherd of your soul, he's watching you daily. And he's the one that's taking care of you. And it's his voice. The Lord is my shepherd, David said. I shall not want. What does I shall not want mean? Number one, it means we will lack nothing as the Lord's sheep. As long as you keep understanding the Lord is your shepherd, you're not going to lack anything in your life. You hear me? You're going to need it. You're going to have everything you need. And all those other things, like the old commercial says, if we ain't got it, you don't need it. Well, let me tell you something. If God don't give it to you, uh, some things he don't want you to have because you ain't ready for it, for one. But it says here, one part of that shall not want I shall not want, David's saying, is we will lack nothing as the Lord's sheep. The other part is, and we will be content with the provision and the care for us. There's a problem. Sometimes we're not content. We're not content with the gospel. We're not content with what God has done in our life. We're always looking at somebody else's life and comparing ourselves to somebody else when he wants you to keep your eyes upon him. There's none of us good, not one. I talked to someone last night, told me, he said, I believe in Jesus, but I don't go to church. I'm not a church going. And I said, that's odd. You had all of that heritage of those that went to church before you, but you won't go to church. I said, what's wrong? And he began to tell me, if I tally it up, all my bad, it just doesn't weigh up to all the, the little bit of good that I've ever done. And I said, hold on, you missed the whole boat. I said, you think any of us is good? Do you think any of us are tallying up, earning our way to heaven? I said, I'm going to tell you something. It didn't happen that way. It happens. And I told him because his grandpa is Merle Arbonne. And I told him, I said, you need to understand your grandpa, as good a man as he was, he didn't earn his salvation. He didn't earn it by the years of preaching and going after lost souls. He earned it when he came to Jesus because Jesus paid his price. That's the only thing you need. And all the rest of it is an excuse. You know, I didn't know if he wanted to hear it, but I had to tell him. Because, see, I know there's none of us good. No, not one. We're all sheep. Verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. That means he places us in the secured, prepared place. You know, God puts you in places that he wants you there. Because that's where he wants to use you. It is the green pasture of where God wants to want you to harvest, wants you to uh, feed on, and wants you to rest in. He wants you to have a restful life. But you, we constantly are seeking things that we don't belong there. 
And when we don't belong there, guess what happens? We're out of our will of God. We're out of the place, out of the green pasture that he wants us to be in. Then it goes on to say, he leads me beside the still waters. What are the still waters? Those are the things that brings us to the refreshing and the calmness of our life. I need to feed on him. I need to drink of him. I need to be where he has led me to be. That green pasture and that still water. I don't need the turmoils of this life involved in everything God's given me to do. I need to put them aside and put God first. Because our lives are full of turmoil. And the enemy wants you to be in turmoil. I told somebody the other day, I was trying to go find a, a new car. And every time I went, I, told, I looked at my wife, I said, you know what, every time I go, I feel like I'm going to face an enemy. I said, I feel like I'm arguing with somebody. I want to buy something, and they want to argue the whole time. You know what? I don't need that turmoil. I don't need that. Ups I'm not, up not that worried about a car. Maybe if I was without one completely, I might be a little bending on it. But God knows where to bring us, where to place his children. And it says here, he restores my soul. That means he revives us, he refreshes us, and he restores us. But he does it daily. If we're not his sheep, we're not going to be restored. If we're not his sheep and we don't stay in tune with his voice and let him correct us and let him, let him work in us. If he, if he is not able to do that, then we are going to not only wander off, but we won't be refreshed. We'll come in, beat down, destroyed, and we ain't good for nobody else, including our children, including those that know you. They know you're not happy. They know you're not content with what God is doing in your life. And I'm not talking about standing still. I'm not talking about standing in a place where you're not fed or you're not moving forward. God's always moving. The shepherd moves us from place to place, and he works with each one of us individually. It says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. That means he continues to guide us to a righteous walk with him. See, the shepherd, he'll lead, he'll provide, and he'll protect. Shepherd does, does those things. Sounds like a parent or a guardian, don't it? He leads, he provides, and he protects. That is what it's talking about when it calls, when Jesus is called the the great shepherd and the, and the bishop of your soul. A bishop is a guardian, someone that guards over things, guards over the gospel. But that's what those mean. They will provide, they will protect, they will lead. It goes on to verse 4. It says, Yea, though I, walk, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What is the valley of the shadow of death? I think it's all the ways the enemy comes against us. It's not just when you know your face. 
See, I can look at my life and I can look at my cousins that's gone on and I can look at those that might be sick or those before me that's gone on and I can realize this body's weak. I'm not going to make it, Bobby. I'm not going to live forever. I'm going to be like it was in that bank. Next, and you'll step up. It'll be your time to go home. I don't know why. I don't know when. I just know while I'm here, I'm God's child and I'm his sheep, and I've got to be a part of what he wants me to do till he calls my name to go home. That's who we are. Sometimes we try to make it a whole lot bigger. We try to make our, our, our personal life so much bigger with so many credentials upon it, so many things upon it, when God knows how to reach with you right where you are. We just have to turn to him. But he says, yea, David says this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. David's confidence, listen to his confidence here. No matter what I go through, I will fear no evil. The confidence that the shepherd is with us. He's with us every day. Don't worry about what the news is saying. Don't worry about what our world is doing. They tell me if I don't go buy something right now, it's going to get worse. I said, well, if it does, and Shirley told me the other day, if it gets worse, you ain't going to have a job. We'll still be all right, but you ain't going to have a job. They're, that's how combative they are about buying a car. They'll tell you anything. Get you to sign your name. And I'm not preaching about our car problem. But I am telling you, the shepherd knows exactly how to lead us. He knows where we are. He's with us in all places. He said, and then it says, Thy rod and thy staff. The rod with the rod, the shepherd defends the sheep. And with the staff, he keeps us in line and keeps us near him. See, he's always working for us. He's on our side. We're the ones that stray. We're the ones that wander off. We're the ones that take our ears and our eyes away from Christ. Look at verse, verse 5. It says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He supplies our spiritual life in spite of our enemies' presence. In spite of when the enemy is attacking you, the shepherd will keep you and he will supply your needs right in front of him. And can I tell you how that's so obvious? I have seen people go through many, many more problems than I have, and I've seen them with their hands raised to the Lord. And I've seen them with praise in their lips. Why? Because they know that God is with them, and nothing the enemy comes against them is going to defeat them. They're confident in who they serve and who's watching over them. And it says... Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runs over. I've seen times 
that Christians would be ready to run and hide, but no, they stand and face the enemy and they worship him and you can see God all over them. You ever see that? Did you ever see where the anointing comes on people? We're right in the midst of problems and storms and they're praising God. They're just rejoicing. I went down to see my, uh, to our cousin's funeral down in Kentucky. And we, I bent down to talk to his mother. She'll be 99 in May, I think the end of May. And she's been a Christian for all these years. And she began to rejoice. And she began to praise God. And she began to tell me how good God had been. And she said, I don't know why I'm here. She's going to be 99. But she said, I can't hardly take it. God knows it, but I can't hardly take losing my children. I can't hardly take burying my own children. She's buried three of her children just in the last two or three years. Yes, she knows where they're at. And she knows the blessing that God has been in her life. But she still needs her shepherd. She needs the closeness of the shepherd. She needs sometimes, just like you and me, needs a shepherd to pick us up, put us in his arms, and to cuddle us and hold us and carry us. Needs us to encourage us. Thou anointest my head with oil, and thy cup runneth over. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I believe that's talking about mercy and grace. I think it's talking about the grace of all the days that God gives us. It follows us, doesn't it? Just like the Holy Spirit follows you in here today. And somebody said it, if you don't know Christ, he's already worked on you. He's already telling you, you need to give your heart to God. We're not, we're not trying to tally you up on our books. We don't want your money. We're not after anything. We want you to know Jesus. That's all we want you to know. We want you to know who this shepherd is that will lead your life and guide you. You see how many people in the world that don't have the shepherd in their life? Do you meet them every day? I do. I see him and I wonder, don't you know you have a shepherd that will watch over you? Don't you know you need to run and hide under his wings? You need to know he's got the answer to your life. He knows how to bless you. He knows how to provide for you. He knows how to protect you. He knows how to bless your children. He knows how to defeat the enemy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I think about all those words David said, and I think about him being just a young shepherd boy. Where did he come up with all of this? What kind of a young man was this? I know Jesse was his father. He had all them brothers that were older. But for some reason or another, when he was out there with them sheep, God would talk to him. Maybe when he would play his music, the Holy Spirit would just come around him and begin to minister to his heart. 
But somewhere in there, he looked up and began to write these words. And I think, oh God, here's a man after your own heart. David just lived 70 years, no different than the rest of us. But he was a good person that knew the voice of God, knew the heart of God. We need to find the heart of God. We don't need to be content to fit in the church world. We need to find the voice of God. We need to find out that the shepherd loves you with all. He has provided, our heavenly father provided through his arm, which is Christ. He reached down and he rescued us. And he became the shepherd of our soul. He watches over us every day. You got one life in this life to live. You're going into eternity whether you like it or not. Don't matter if you're old or young. And you know what? You need to know that Jesus loves you. You need to know that you need to be saved. If you've never been saved, you know it. You know if you hear his voice. You know when you get his word out and you begin to read it. It may be hard to read. Somebody told me last night, I just can't comprehend the Bible. I said, you know what? I couldn't comprehend it. Barely got through school. And I looked on, the, on that stage down in town, Music Hall, when they was giving out diplomas and they called my name. They used to give you a blank piece of paper if you didn't make your grades. You had to go back to uh, summer school or come back the next year. And I was so worried I'd get a blank piece of paper. Yeah, I was that close. As soon as I saw writing on it, I was so happy. I was so relieved. I was a happy kid. You know what? I'm not, I'm not bragging on that. I'm ashamed of myself. I should have did better, but the truth is, I did have a hard time comprehending. But sometimes, God puts something in your heart. You just have to keep on reading it, keep on reading it till you get it. So I got to keep striving till I get it. And I can tell you right now, it's been worth every time I've strived for it. It's been worth it. I need to hear his voice. I need to know what he says to me. And if it ain't for you, it's for me. But it's for what he's given me to do in life. See, that's what you need. You need that to lead your children. You need that to come against this world. You ain't the one that fights the fight. He fights the fight for you. He just tells you to have faith in him. Know that I'm with you anywhere you go. Know I'm there. He's in the funeral homes with, the, with those grieving. He's in the weddings when they're cheering. You know what? He's in all places. He's with you. He never leaves you. Praise his name. We will dwell with him forever. David was the last thing he said is, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. Young man knew where his destiny was going. He knew where the shepherd would lead him. In John 10, verse 3, his sheep hear, hear and follow his voice. Listen to this. Verse 3 of John 10. To him, the porter, 
opens. Who's the porter? I think it's the law because the law won't allow nobody in. The law tells you you're guilty. But when Jesus defeated, when he accomplished everything that's written in the law, when he was faithful and true to obey every law and he never sinned, the porter of the law had to open the door to him. And it says, to him the porter opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Now listen to me. You got to know his voice. You say, what are you talking about? You got to know his voice. You got to seek him till you hear what he's saying. Sometimes it's just in a simple conversation. Sometimes it can be in a little child's words. You have no idea why they said what they said. But all of a sudden, like Jerry, like you said, sometimes you walk in and they're talking about the very thing that was on your heart. Why? Because God knows exactly where you're at. The shepherd knows exactly how to reach you. Us other sheep don't know what's going on in your life or anybody else's life. But can I tell you, we know what's going on in our Father's voice and in his heart that day. And it says, a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. On down at verse 11 in chapter 10, talking about the good shepherd that gave his life for the sheep. says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He paid the price for you and I. He gave his life. Down at verse 27 of chapter 10. His sheep are secure in him. Listen to this. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Do you have that in you? Do you believe you'll never perish? Do you believe the truth of that? That's his word. That Jesus wrote these words. He says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Praise God. There's a security in walking with the shepherd. The shepherd knows how to keep his sheep. And you, when you get into it, did you ever feel like sometimes everything's going okay in my life, but boy, something feels wrong. Something just doesn't feel right. Something, and you know, sometimes when, it, when it's, everything's going smooth, I begin to pray, God, what's getting ready to happen? The enemy is planning and plotting. That's when we need to really pray. That's when we really need to dig in. Find out what God wants us. If you don't fill yourself up with what God's saying to you, you'll fill yourself up with something else that will draw you away from it. On down in Hebrews 13, it says, Now the God of peace, Hebrews 13, verse 20, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, 
through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. What's the shepherd doing? He's working in every one of us. He's working on you. He's not leaving you where you're at. Shepherd moves you around a little bit. You know what? He looks for. You can't stay in one, one little green pasture. You know, I'd like to stay right there with mom and dad paying all the bills and, and mom fixing big meals. and It'd been nice, but you know what? I had to go on with life. And as you go on with life, you need a green pasture. You're going to need a lot of green pastures. You're going to need a lot of refreshing still waters. You're going to need those days. That's what he's talking about. He goes on, he said, he'll make you perfect in every good work. To do his will. In Isaiah 53, 6, one verse. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, talking about the Father, hath laid on him, talking about the Son, in the iniquity of us all. I read that because I want to read the scripture that goes with it. And that's all the way in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2.25. It says, For you were as sheep gone astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your soul. He's the one that watches over us. You know, somebody said it this morning, Andy, talking about returning, the 50th. They were talking about the 50th year. Did you know when it comes to the Jubilee year and the Jewish people, you had to return to the uh, return everything back to the owner, to the original name owner. So the debts got cleared, everything got cleared, you went back to your land. It was back to you. What made me think of that, Andy, was... The 180, they was talking about the 180. When you get to that circle up here and you got to choose one of those roads after you get into the circle, choose to come back. I'm talking about in your life. You say, well, I've already been there. No, go back to the Lord. Turn away from all these other lanes and come back to where you belong in him. You have to turn the 180. That means you don't go around the circle and go straight. You go halfway around and come back the way you came. You have to go back to him. You have to bring all of your life back to him and surrender it. And when you do, you've made the choice to say, Lord, you lead me from this day on. I can't find my way. All I do is find different roads and they lead me to problems. I need to go back. Some of you parents have raised your children in church. You've showed them the way of God. And they're out there looking for something to fulfill their life. When the truth is they need to come back, don't they? They need to return. They need to return what you've told them, what you've showed them, what you've lived before them. They need to return. I mean, here's what I'm saying. It's a choice you make in life. It's our parents, it's our duty to teach our children about God. You may say that's narrow-minded. You can call it whatever you want to. 
But if I care and I love my children, I have to tell them the truth. I have to tell them Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way but him. Becky, come on back up. 1 Peter 5, 4 says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. A crown of glory. Do you deserve a crown of glory? No, not really. But Jesus paid for you to have that crown. Hallelujah. In Revelation 7, verse 17, one, this is the last verse, talking about our destiny. Where is our destiny? It's to be in heaven with the, with the shepherd. You know what? You can face this today or you can put it off. But the truth is you've got a destiny coming. You've got a place you're coming to. It says, for the Lamb, verse 17 of Revelation 7, for the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them in unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That's the place I want to go. I want to go and be with the shepherd. He's going to feed us. He's going to supply our needs. He supplied eternity for you and I. I don't know why someone wouldn't want to accept him. There's nothing in this world you're going to keep. You have to find your way to him. This is not some kind of special message. This is simple gospel truth. But I want you to hear it because I want you to understand. If young David can see it, you can see it. The Holy Spirit's moving in this church. And he's moving to speak to lost souls. And if you don't know him, he's calling your name. That is the Holy Spirit urging you to say. And you know what? I used to, I went and grew up in church. But I didn't know how to read, didn't know how to understand things. And I would watch things and I was convinced in my heart. But when I got teenage years... I was convinced I was lost. Praise God, he showed me the truth of myself. Because when I was lost is when I got afraid. Before that, I wasn't fearful. Not about those things. But all of a sudden, every time the preacher or anybody spoke of salvation, I knew I had never been saved. And it scared me. Thought I was tough, but I couldn't hardly sleep at night being afraid. Why? I knew I was lost. If I die, I would go to hell. And I needed Jesus. God's speaking to somebody today. I've felt it all day. He's speaking to somebody. It ain't my words that's going to save you. It's Jesus. You come to him. You bring him your life. You bring him your, your life, your wife, your children, anything that God's given you all your talents, all your abilities, and say, Lord, I just want to be a child of God. I want you first in my life. I want you to be my shepherd the rest of my days. I'll be your sheep 
whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. A sheep's also like, it's kind of like one of the disciples. One place it says, they will smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And I believe it probably was talking about Jesus being smited and the shepherd and the disciples separated. It's either that or when he came and then they rejected him 70 years later, all of Israel was, uh, was divided and it was destroyed in 70 AD, all of Jerusalem. But either way, the shepherd got smitten because he paid a price for you and I. He paid that he could have the sheep of his fold. Are you in that fold today? Is he the shepherd of your soul? You need to know that. Everybody stand if you will. Every time we come here, we want this door to be open for someone that does not know Jesus. You can be here, coming here for a long time. You could be standing in the background. Nobody pays attention to you. You think everybody thinks you're okay. But I want to tell you something. You need to hear that voice. If you lose the voice of the shepherd, you won't, you won't heed the warning. You won't find the place of the blessings and the provision of life that he's trying to do. He, he cannot protect you when you run away from him. How can you be protected? How can the little children be protected when they get away from mom and dad's voice? They get in trouble. They get in trouble and they can't hear they can't hear mom and dad say, don't go there. Don't go out in that street. Be careful, you're going to fall. They get too far away from moms and, moms and dad. They get too far. You get too far away from the shepherd. And I promise you the enemy's waiting on you. And you may be happy in this life for a short season. But you're heading down a path of destruction. That's why God sent his son to die for you to pay your price that you can find the road home the straight and narrow following the shepherd the rest of your days while they sing something if you need to pray you come God's talking to somebody I don't know why don't know who you are but he's talked to me many times even after I got saved he's talked to me many times about repenting again because I knew I was away from God. I knew I was drifting and scattering and making excuses when I wasn't following his voice. Come to him today while they're singing. Call to Jesus I surrender all to I will ever love and trust.
trust him in his presence daily
back into the Old Testament and you see how much it took to take a sacrificed animal, an innocent animal, one of yours. You had to take it to the priest. They had to kill it. 
You had to hold your hand on it. This is for every sin. You had to hold your hand on it, and they would spill the blood. Everything had to be offered. God had a law and a way, and it cost you. Jesus took that same place. Abraham was going up on the mountain to offer his son Isaac because God told him to. He was trying to be obedient to that voice. While he was going away up there, his son said, Isaac said, Dad, I see the firewood. I don't see the sacrifice. And Abraham looked at him and he said, God will supply his own lamb. Jesus became our lamb. Everything that we ever did has to go through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the new covenant. Jesus laid down his life. And all who will accept him, all that will come to him, that simply is all it is. You don't have to sacrifice animal. You don't have. You can't erase yesterday. But he says, I'll not only forgive you, but I'll forget it. It's yesterday. It's gone. And I'll give you a new life. You got to believe that. You got to take it by faith, just like a little child. God will take you through and lead you through, make you one of His own. He gives you power. He gives every one of us power to become children of God. Not because we went to church all of our life, not because of anything we did, but it's what Jesus did.